0: Welcome back. It is Victory Sunday here at Under Construction here in Charlotte, 704. What's good? Rock Hill, Gastonia, Salisbury, everybody. Welcome back to this latest installment of Under Construction. I am your host for this week, Jamal, the radio star, Darby. Uh, Guys, hold on. Hey, Hey, guys, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I can't do it right now. I am I have something else going on. I'm sorry. I, guys, I'm sorry. That's my agent on the line. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> to, the to-, to the top right, we have Mr. Kaiser Sose. What's going on, sir? Little cigar again this week. There you go. Keep it rolling, man. Rodney, and to my top left, we have Mr. Rodney, Rob Pops Richardson. What's going on, brother?
1: Hey, man, I've never been more happy to be wrong.
0: <laughs> you and me both, man. So, um, guys, in case in case you are under a rock or you're just tuning in, we are celebrating the Panthers' victory over the Atlanta Falcons, twenty three to sixteen, um, a game where we almost pulled an Atlanta on Atlanta, but we took what we what we won, and we will take a win any day of the week. Teddy Bridgewater, twenty seven for thirty seven, three hundred and thirteen yards, one sixteen rating. Guys, who wants to go first on just overall impressions of the game?
1: So I got a, I got a question for you guys. What does this date mean to you, December twenty eighth, twenty fourteen?
0: Is that the last time we won in Atlanta?
1: Correct. That is the last time we won in Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to say this: Ron Rivera was the son of Dan Quinn <laughs> during the last part of his tenure, and it's it's actually refreshing. To see this new regime uh, facilitate the growth of the young guys, man, I, I, I really love seeing the defense play today, especially in the first half. And then Teddy Bridgewater, man, Mr. Dink Dunk, man, look, you got my respect, dude. That was that was that was a beautiful game, beautiful play calling.
0: Much agreed, Kaiser. What you got?
2: I picked us to win last week, so I'm all the only one.
0: Look, you, you are Negro Domus, man. Keep, keep it rolling, brother. But Go ahead, bro. Uh,
2: I mean, a solid game. The only fault that I really have is twofold. We'll go to the beginning of the game. We kind of doomed us. The Panthers should have had a lot more than 23 points. We should have yeah. at least scored 30, honestly. And in the third quarter, we went into, like, this prevent mode really, really early. I don't I, I don't know if they felt like they were protecting a seven point lead or they just thought okay the Falcons suck we can just kind of sit. I don't I don't know what was going on there but they only had fifty yards of offense throughout the entire third quarter and thank thank God Matt Ryan got old um, today yeah, yeah. and yeah. and threw a, a a pick that we wouldn't have seen him throw against and in, in the past that would have been a touchdown yeah. against us. So, uh, but otherwise, I thought the Panthers were really solid on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's amazing that, thanks to Matt Ryan throwing a pick and Tom Brady not knowing what down it is, we now share the division lead <laughs> with Tampa Bay. That's kind of incredible.
1: No, no one would have predicted that at the beginning. Of the nobody, season. nobody, man, nobody. Jamal, so, 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 what, what, what are your takeaways from the game, man? Um. Uh
0: f- number 1 man it feels really good to be wrong um I, it, and it feels really good to win and and i and quite honestly man i don't want to be a killjoy i don't want to sound like i am but I, I it's not a win that i'm overly impressed with only because i feel like it, i did not realize how terrible atlanta was and also i don't like the fact that we just kind of let our foot off the gas in the second half uh the first half was was amazing man we were up 20 to 7 uh, Teddy Bridgewater has like a hundred and sixty something yards at, at halftime and two touchdowns. Uh, the defense is what really caught my eye in the first yeah. half. That defense was spry. It was fast. It was. It, it took control over the line of scrimmage in the second quarter, but then it just totally reverted in the second half, man. And that continues to to that remains being a concern of mine, man. Is controlling that line of scrimmage and defensive consistency, but at the same time. That's probably what we expect this season out of this young defense. Overall, look, man, it's hard winning in the NFL. A, a win in the NFL, you take it any way you can get it. A win is a win, and I'll take it. But I'm not, like, overly impressed by the truth.
1: So, so, Jamal, I got an important question for you. Are we rivals again? I'm
0: glad you brought that up. So... <laughs> So, uh, well, you know, when I made my, uh, my radio debut on ESPN 730 uh, this weekend, the uh, last I heard of Carolina Bliss asked me, mm-hmm. is this a rivalry, has it been a rivalry, and is it still a rivalry? Um, and, I, and my answer was, well, you know, usually when, when you call yourselves rivals, you have to actually win a couple of games. Being that we finally won a game in Atlanta and for the first time since 14, I, it's safe to say it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry again, man. I, I, I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give that a thumbs up.
1: Got you. Got you.
2: Uh, okay, I, got you. I, got, I got a question for y'all. We've been here before. Mm-hmm. We were here last season. Lost the first two games of the season. Kyle Allen goes <laughs> beast mode. The Panthers win four in a row. They leave the division. Does this feel any different than last season? Because we are under construction thought that that was a bit of a smokescreen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't think the Panthers were as good as their record indicated. When they were 4 and 2, they were two after beating Tampa Bay last season. Do we feel that way this year? What what's the difference in them being 3 and 2 last season at this point and them being 3 and 2 this season at this point?
1: I say the the uh to me it's it's a whole different feel. We have a whole a totally new coaching staff. And then to me, our young guys are getting better each week. Especially on the on the actual defensive end. Um and we're also doing this with our TMC. Uh side note, our offensive line today, man, I I have to give it up to them. We didn't allow a sack. Absolutely. And 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 we 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 had a positive game today, man. And like this team this year is is a younger team. Last year was full of older guys on the back end of, of, of their primes, and you could feel the difference this year. I, I they, they may not win six games, but I'm in a better place with, with this organization this year as opposed to last year.
0: Um, one reason it feels different for me is you can already tell within the division we're better. and yeah. and, and I think that's pretty – Obvious. Uh, while we're trending in a younger direction, everyone else in the division is pretty much trending in an older direction. And, and that, to me, makes a, a hell of a difference when it comes to this season in particular. It also feels differently, man, because it feels like this coaching staff coaches a lot differently than the Ron Rivera era. Um, It's funny that that Ron Rivera was coined Riverboat Ron, but it feels like Matt Rue is a hell of a lot more... Uh, I don't know, <laughs> bold, to, for lack of a better term than Ron Rivera is. So w- with that being said, man, I I, I I, have a different feeling about this season being being 3-2 than I do uh, the last go-around.
1: So, so, so Kaz, what do you think about it, man? Well, you know, uh, the, the biggest thing that I'm
2: seeing from week to week is fixing mistakes from previous weeks. We yeah. talked about that last week. I see it again this week. The, the coaching staff not making the same mistakes. And I guarantee next time the Panthers are up seven points in the third quarter, we're going to see a lot more than 50 yards of offense. We're not going to see these little hits throws behind the line of screaming or running straight up the middle with Alex Arma. I guarantee we won't see that in that situation. Um, and I, I think that's been the biggest thing with the Panthers. Uh, some of the things it's, it's just hard to shore up because you' are li- you got to be limited by your talent and personnel scoring two yeah. field goals at the beginning of the game you know you got you got to score touchdowns but you know at the same time you got to play with you play with sometimes you got to take what the defense uh, gives yeah. you uh, I'd also like to see uh, now let me say this you guys know I've been a bit of a critic of Teddy two gloves this season but he played probably his best game as a pro this week. And I know No, definitely, game, yeah. But he played an outstanding game. I would still like to see him better on the deep throws. Yeah. He still can't push the ball downfield. Um, I looked up some stats before the game. Uh, there, there's actually a really, really good stat that I might write an article on if I feel like it, uh, called uh, "intended air yards per attempt," in which it shows how far does the ball travel through an air before the receiver either catches it or drops it. Teddy Bridgewater is. At the bottom of the league in that stat, even though his yards per completion is in the top five, that means he literally goes yeah. short, and guys like Mike Davis are getting a lot of yards. I think that's All a right. very telling stat because when we see it every time Teddy throws deep, it's either an overthrow or the receiver makes a hell of a play, like that one handed catch by Robbie Anderson. Oh my Ooh. god!
0: Now, yeah, that's best pretty, catch of the season,
2: a pretty good throw by Bridgewater, but. When your wide receiver has to make like these spectacular one-handed catches every time you throw deep, that's something I'd like to see Teddy improve on on this game. Otherwise, I mean the Panthers are improving every week, and um, you know, also admittedly, when I saw that Julio Jones was. You know, on the inactive
0: list. <laughs> so, I, I, man, it was very unfortunate. Very yeah, unfortunate, God, man. You know. Man, God, man. Very unfortunate.
1: Look, prayers up for Julio, man. Prayers, prayers up, man. Up, man. Get, get well soon, buddy. Get well
0: soon, man. So, hey, guys, yeah. quick, quick, quick question. Do we have the best receiving core in the league? Or one of them?
2: We have the best receiving core
1: the Panthers have had since Moose and Smitty. Absolutely. I agree. We look. We probably have the third best receiving core in the NFC South. I'm just gonna be real with you, but the NFC South, the NFC South has a hell, the hell of a good receiving cores all over the place. But I say we're we're top half. Okay. Um, I just wish that, uh, like Kaiser said, I, I wish that Teddy would kind of throw it throw it a little deeper. But I mean. Robbie Anderson has been probably the best fridge and pickup we've ever had in this franchise history man absolutely he is he's a complete baller he, he like I, 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 I didn't know he was this good quite frankly
0: um let me uh, not to toot my own horn but I knew he was this good and, and for for just for one simple reason I don't know if you guys remember a game where we actually played the jets a few seasons ago and I don't remember the exact remember season off time I had Robbie anderson uh he he tore yeah, us up cool. man. And I don't know if you also, you guys remember, he was on the sideline during the game, looking at the camera, saying, "I am a Pro Bowler. Somebody please <laughs> select me to the Pro Bowl because I know I'm good." He didn't say this part, but it's like I played for this trash team, but I'm pretty damn good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but, but with, 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 with all that being said, man, I mean, he's proven his worth, man. He he he's he may be the offensive of MVP so far. Like you said, the best free agent pickup we've ever had. I think he's making DJ Moore a better player. DJ Moore, who had a great game today, who had a who had a who had a big touchdown. Um, you know, uh, in the first half. I I look, man, sign me up. I need to go get me a Robbie Anderson jersey. I might be too big for it right now, but I got I got to have it, man.
1: Hey, man, Guys, look, look, look I, I gotta say this. I gotta say this. If we would have lost the game today, Teddy Bridgewater would have had nightmares. DJ Moore had a surefire touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. Yeah. yeah <laughs> on that yeah.
1: one play. I yeah. was like, Teddy, look down the way. Look
2: down the way. <laughs> you well, know, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, it was a heavy blitz. But th- to me, that's something that, you know, every NFL quarterback knows you throw into the blitz. Yeah. You know, blitz coming on the left side. Obviously, there's going to be somebody open on the, the left side. And I- I'm going to maybe throw a little bit of uh, – you know, shade towards Joe Brady on that. You got to have your hot route. That wasn't a hot route. D.J. Um, Moore was about twenty yards downfield. Actually, the hot route was on the right side. And it was- <laughs> so I'll give Teddy a little bit of. Uh, I, I, he played a good enough game. I'll let i let that slide. Um, <laughs> let that one so, slide. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well, guys, I want to share a huge concern with you guys, and specifically, it is run defense. I Look, we, we are not in the Panthers locker room. We do not have intel, but I am almost positive. I, I, I would put down some money that Todd Gurley was not a huge part of, of the defensive game plan <laughs> when it comes to concerns. Todd Gurley, 14 carries, 121 yards. Look, man, Todd Gurley, he's seen his day. I'm, he's still a very serviceable running back. He's still a good player. I don't want to shade him too hard. But nobody expected that, and there was a ton of bad tackling today, mainly mainly it came coming from number fifty two to, to here Whitehead. Guys, how big of a concern is a linebacker core in the defense in general?
1: It's it's a big concern, man. We, we oh, to me we only have one competent linebacker, and that's Shaq. Shaq had an awesome game today, but other than that, man, it's it, it's great. Offensive coordinators will be able to expose us. For for our lack of depth and, and on the linebacking core, uh, it's 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 going to be a long season, man. We and and, and then you, and you look at our defensive line; they, they're a little light on the air from the outside, so they're always going to set they to set that edge against us, man. I, I, it's, it's 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 growing pains. It's going to be growing pains this year with the run game. It's hard and, to and it's,
0: where Before you go, before you go, Kaza, it is worth noting that Darius Taylor, the backup middle linebacker, saw action today. But go ahead, Kaiser.
2: Now, it's hard knowing where the deficiency is on the defense. The Panthers are actually a top-10 passing defense this year. Raise your hand if you thought that was going to be the case.
0: Right, right. There should be no
2: hands raised. So, clearly, we're doing something right. I just don't know what it is. Linebacker is a deficiency. we, We said that before the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, if you if you look at our front four, I felt like they played well today. They played well last week. Brian Burns, who's in concussion protocol by the way, uh, had another really good game. You're we saw Short and Derrick Brown. They were able to push the pocket. They, they made things uncomfortable for Matt Ryan. But when it came to the running game. If once Todd Gurley was able to get past that first level, there was like no resistance there from yeah, him. right, right, right. It's so well, it it's clear that, were able to shed those blocks. Exactly, yeah. It's clear that's where the deficiency is. I was kind of surprised. Now Julio Jones did not play, but I felt like the secondary played pretty good. Jeremy Chen's always in position. It seems like, and I don't feel like our DBs are. I, I didn't feel like they were like terrible. Granted, they're not like superstars or or whatever, but they did a good enough job with the front four pressing Matt Ryan to, to make plays. Uh, Justin burst huge play, really huge play, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a makeup play because he didn't scoop, he didn't fall on the fumble. He tried to scoop it. Uh, you know, he made up for that with a huge interception at the end of the game. So it's like you know, the defense is if they can shore up the run defense, they'll be mm-hmm. solid, they'll be solid enough in. We say it every week, Shaq Thompson has to do more. I know yeah. he led the team in tackles this week. However, that's a deceiving stat. He led the team in total tackles, but he only had three solo tackles. Jeremy Chan led the team in solo tackles with nine this week. So Shaq's got to – he's got to be Luke. I, I don't know. he He's going to say, well, I'm not Luke. I'm Shaq. Okay, fair enough. But, hey.
0: He he has to do his best. he has to do his best Luke impression, basically. Yeah, we
2: gotta do yeah. something because
0: Ty Gurley looked like old Ty Gurley. Yeah, today. he looked like MVP Ty Gurley today, man. Um and, and, and guys, I don't know if there's really an answer for this question, but what do you think happened in the second half that allowed us to ignore Calvin Ridley? Because that's exactly what it seemed like. It seemed like we just stopped guarding the guy. What what was it? Is, is there any explanation behind that?
1: Um, I think Matt had a little more time to throw the ball. Uh, Burns is out of the game; he just had a little more time to set up. And uh, I, Ridley's a really, really good receiver, and you 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 can't give him that time to to get open because he's going to, he's going to get open eventually. Um, our DBs made a few gambles as well. Um, next week we should be able to shore that up. We 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 have we have the Bears next week, so uh, right. They they, they don't have a a quarterback like Matt Ryan, so (laughs) it should be interesting.
0: That's an Um, (laughs) understatement.
1: The Panthers did
2: what I call them out for every week. This is one. This is the one mistake they don't fix. Some of these college defensive schemes they keep trying to like interject, and they don't work in the NFL. NFL players too good. You cannot rush three down against Matt Ryan. You just you literally just letting him look at the zones. That's what happened with Calvin Ridley at the beginning of the second half. He's sitting, uh, cover three, rush three, he's sitting in the zone, just sitting there.
0: And and, and Kaiser, to your point, it especially doesn't work when somebody like Brian Burns is out of the game where you're not, where you don't have that outside rush coming. Even if you're, you know, quote unquote, rushing three, you still got Brian Burns coming from the outside and without him, it just gets that much worse, yeah. but, but go ahead. You're literally
2: giving them free yards. I'd like to see the Panthers just discard. I'd like to see every team discard that. There are times where situationally that defense can work, but generally you want you want to run uh, max coverage against quarterbacks who don't pass well.
1: You know? Right, you
0: know, right. Matt Ryan But not, but not, not Matt Ryan. Hard, <laughs> but,
2: I mean, you give him that kind of time and essentially the whole field with zones to – he just gets to pick where You're he wants
1: to you get yeah. every
2: way, every time. Right. The Panthers got and It's not at that point in the game. You're only up seven points and it's always easy for the losing team to make the halftime adjustments. I think that's what we saw. Um, hopefully Matt rule and his guys look at the tape and say, hey, OK, let's cut that out.
0: Guys, did we let our foot off the gas in the second half? It, was this reminiscent of the Ron Rivera days or did the Falcons make adjustments?
1: Uh, I think the Falcons made made adjustments. I think Matt Rule won't really let them take their foot off the gas, per se. But uh, they might have gotten kind of a little comfortable on offense. Uh, Joe Brady might have got a little cute. Um, what I, the, the way we ended the game, we should have came out like that in the third quarter. We should have been running the ball instead of trying to throw a little screen darts and passes and stuff like that. I mean – we we, we we got the look. The clock is our friend. We had to we had to utilize that clock. Absolutely. I think hey, they went uh, to the uh, protecting the lead a little too early. Um,
2: you gotta in in a division game, you gotta go for the kill shot. You yeah. have to at that point in the game, which especially consider that you had two field goals earlier, that should have been touchdowns. I think at that point you say, okay, let's score a touchdown here and then you may get a two-score game. Okay, then you can start messing with the clock. But as we saw, I mean, if Justin Burris doesn't intercept that ball, it's a tie that's ball right. game, and yeah. now we ha- now you really have to score. And you'll probably give the Falcons the ball back with the chance to either tie right. us in overtime or win the game. Um, like I said, I just think that's something I think the Panthers will look at and say, okay, we got, we got to be more aggressive, especially since Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves was cooking. He was on fire. Yeah, Yeah. let that man cook, you know. And that remember that was something that we criticized Ron Rivera for in the Cam Newton days. Sometimes Cam would be on fire, and then the coaching staff would just start, you know, running D'Angelo Williams every play. It's like, like what are y'all doing? And I see what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Teddy's cooking. At one point, he had two hundred ninety-five yards. I'm thinking, man, Teddy's gonna break three hundred yards. He didn't break three hundred yards to the middle of the fourth quarter. He went almost a whole quarter, and even then. He only had three hundred eight yards. It's like, dude, you this guy is on fire, and you only let him get what less than twenty yards over a quarter and a half. Stop that! Stop that! If Teddy's cooking, let that man cook and let everybody else eat. So,
1: I, 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 guys, I got a look, question. I got a question. Did we get did, did we get Dan Quinn fired today?
0: Look, let me I, let me tell you something, man. The last tweet I sent out says. Uh, Dan Quinn might be picking up the white courtesy phone on the way out today. Um, I, it'll be It's, it's kind of hard for me to believe he won't be. I, I, and I'm just being honest, man. I mean, there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that touted this Atlanta defense as, as being a pretty good one coming into the season. And look at what they've done so far. So there doesn't seem to be any excuse for them to not be doing better than they are. With that being said, I think we may see an announcement tomorrow morning, but I could be wrong. Who knows?
1: I, honestly, I think that they keep him for a little longer, man. Like, uh, I was gonna. I, I, I look, I look. At this point, I want
0: them to keep him longer. Please, by all means, keep him no, to an no, extension, no, 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 please. No no
1: no, 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 no. They need to win. They don't need Trevor. They need to win. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know,
2: I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of firing coaches before the end of the season. I think you, you gotta evaluate the season as a whole and, and then make a move. Uh, I will say this if your owner is down on the damn sideline. <laughs> that's not good luck, bro. Yeah. Nah it's not, man. But to put that in perspective, uh, Mike Smith, he was the coach of the, the Falcons for six years. Yeah. The Falcons went fifty one and twenty one under his his regime. Dan Quinn comes in so far. Almost six seasons. They're only forty-two and thirty-seven. Now they do have division title and a Super Bowl appearance, but they also have a history of blowing huge leads. It's they're they're like a running meme now. I don't see how he he, he may football. last to the end of the season, but I think this is it for Dan Quinn coaching the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I agree. They have a huge turnaround, as as they tell during the broadcast. No team's ever gone to the playoffs starting zero and five. So I mean, you didn't even have as many wins as your your predecessor, and now your team is a living meme. I think he's gone. So,
1: now if he wants That's to come
2: be our our defensive assistant coach, come on, and- come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look, look, man, look, 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 guys. I was talking to a friend of the show, Danny Thompson, and he called uh he called Dan Quinn the uh the white Marvin Lewis. <laughs> so wow. He doesn't have any faith that he'll get right. <laughs> I, I said know. that last week, <laughs> actually. That much leeway, actually. Uh, much as no, no look, nobody should have that much leeway.
0: <laughs> not really, man. But like like I said, guys, for all I, for all I care, man, they can sign him to a, to a two- or three-year extension for all I care. But, man, guys, I want to ask one more question, not specifically related to the Panthers, but I think it's a question worth asking. Is Matt Ryan washed up? Is this it? Did he look old today, or did we just play well? Or did I, did we just play him well today? Which one was it?
1: He, he's not washed up. Uh, look, I, I, I have no means of Matt Ryan, or Atlanta Falcon fan, but that but you got to respect them. You got to respect him. That, you, you respect him. That, that that dude isn't washed up. That defense is washed up. That defense couldn't couldn't stop a nosebleed. They, it's it's, I mean. <laughs> They, for, for the past four or five years, they failed to put an adequate defense around that explosive offense. And this is what you get. Um,
2: I think it's a few factors. He's getting old. I mean, now we've seen quarterbacks be able to be productive well into their twilight years. You know, we see it with Tom Brady, kind of drew Brees. Uh But one, when Julio Jones is gone, Julio Jones is the heart of the offense for that team. I don't care what anybody says. I can I throw Julio Jones, We've seen Julio Jones make it's just some <laughs> incredible play, especially against the Panthers over his career. Uh, he's out of the game. Um, and, and then it, I, I just think that it's just a, a combination of factors. Um, the – Atlanta offensive line has never been that great in, in protecting Matt Ryan, even against the, the Panthers. That's been the one area where we've always been able to kind of get to Matt Ryan. And I just think he wasn't able to make those big plays that he was able to make in the past to make up for it, because well, Jones yeah. ain't gone. Um, I don't think this is like the end for Matt Ryan or anything. Um, you know, he's gonna be an Atlanta Falcon for as long as he wants to be, honestly.
0: All right, well, uh moving on man. Next week we have the Chicago Bears coming to town. Um, guys, what are your thoughts and predictions on that game?
1: Our 7,000 COVID Ravage fans will cheer <laughs> the Panthers <laughs> to a 31-21 victory.
0: Kaiser, what you got?
2: Um I think we win 28 21. Um, I think the Bears' record isn't as good. As, they're not as good as their record indicates. I think that the Panthers are on a, on, you know, an up hill or you know uphill trend. I think the the Bears are on a downhill trend. They really got lucky against Tampa Bay. They really Absolutely. got
0: yes. incredibly
2: incredibly lucky. Um, the the Bears I think are the number seven defense in the league. Panthers are number ten, which is crazy. Um, yeah, you know, so we're we're close in that regard, but offensively, I actually trust us a lot more than yeah. I trust, you know, Trubisky, Foles, whoever. In the Bears' role.
0: Yeah, and and that that was kind of my key call for next week, man. I, I watched I watched that game Thursday night, man. There was a lot of bad court, quarterbacking going on, and yeah, even with Tom Brady, man. Now I know it's a Thursday night game. Thursday night games are usually fool's gold. You know they're usually sloppy as it is. But at the same time, I don't think the Bears have did anything overly impressive uh, this season. Um, so with that being said, man, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick us in a low scoring affair. A relatively low scoring affair, I should say. I'm gonna pick us 21 to 18. I think we'll we'll win it in the in the in the close game, man. And hopefully I will not be wrong uh next week because I've been wrong the last two weeks. So I need to I need to kind of reconcile my record here, man. I don't, I don't really like that, man. Uh last thing uh for the Panthers and Falcons game, man, offensive MVP. Who who wants to go take this one first?
1: I think Davis this, Mike Davis. We all <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's no no other person. Mike Davis.
2: You could, maybe Robbie Anderson. Uh maybe the offensive line. Maybe offensive I, line. Look, yeah.
0: the offensive line is a creative answer, but man, I, I'm sorry, I got to go, Mike Davis, man. Because here's one stat that nobody's gonna look at, man: nine receptions for 60 yards. We're gonna talk Ooh. about his rushing, but <laughs> so I, I mean, look, man, Mike Davis, he's, go ahead.
2: He's doing all the the Christian McCaffrey stuff, right? Catching balls. Yeah, he out is. Of
1: the
2: back. I mean, he's he the the, on, the only thing, and here's the difference between those two guys is that. Christian McCaffrey, you can give him the ball in space, and he'll make the guy miss and pick up yards. Mike Davis ain't doing that. Mike Davis, he's they're gonna, just gonna give him the ball. They're, ball. Ball. they're, gonna, go they're, gonna, they're gonna meet and <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Uh, that's the difference in those guys. But man, Mike Davis, I one if you're CMC, you gotta be glad what you're seeing because then you know, ooh, they ain't gonna run me into the ground. And the Panthers can go back and look at what New Orleans is able to do with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara a few years ago that led them to the NFC championship game. When you have a dual-back system like that, you don't even have to have them both in the game at the same time. But mm-hmm. when you have that change, it's something that we all wanted them to do with C.J. Anderson uh, the season before last, and, and they did not. Maybe Matt Royal says, okay, we're going to do this with Mike
1: Davis and CMC. We'll see. Maybe uh, CMC will restructure that contract.
0: Man, you stop that, Rodney. Right. So, look, man, I, I don't want to go too long because we're running out of time on this segment, man, but I, I saw something on social media. Um, It said that the Panthers are a better offense without Christian McCaffrey. Now, me personally, I said, ah, you, you're going a little too far with that. But let me kind of – now. But Now, you may agree, but I want to say one thing. There, you are not going to tell me that when Chris McCaffrey comes back, you are there's nobody that's not excited about this two back system and having both of those guys instead of one of those guys. When Do you agree you start, or disagree? Yeah,
2: it, it, there's that. That's just such a hot. T- I was in that. It was I was in that thread by the way, and that thread was before the Panthers only scored or only had 50 yards. In a quarter and a quarter. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, when your team can only muster two field goals against a banged up Atlanta Falcons defense and you get the ball first, then you can't sit here and tell me our offense is better. Teams ain't game planning from Mike Davis and Reggie Bonifant. They're not. When, when Christian McCaffrey's out there on the field, defensive coordinators are like, crap, what do we do? You have to account for him. Even You could just have Christian McCaffrey out there not doing anything, not just, just sitting out there and defense still has to account for him. That's why the yeah,
0: offense I, I, no, 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 I'm with you, man. At the very least, Christian McCaffrey could just be a decoy and affect your offense. So, no, I'm with you on that, man.
1: man uh, all right, all right, look, Look, man, when Christian McCaffrey comes back, I got 16, re- 16 million reasons why. Oh, no, stop he, it! He's going to get eighty percent of the touches. So, <laughs> move, move, moving on.
2: He's get eighty percent of the touches. <laughs>
0: moving on. Uh, defensive MVP. Do you guys have one this week?
2: Marquise Haynes. <laughs> um, I get you know he had a, a sack, tackle for loss, uh. Oh, I, I don't know. You know, the, every week the defense, is, there's never, like, one player who's just like, man, that guy dominates. I mean, Jeremy yeah. always puts on a solid performance. Brian Burns had another good week. Four yeah. tackled, uh a sack, forced fumble. Uh, Justin Burns had the big interception. It's always by committee, guys.
0: Uh, yeah. You
2: know, defense is doing things. So, it's hard to pick, pick one, you know, one, one guy.
0: Rodney, what you got?
1: I'm a – I'm gonna go Shaq Thompson. I, I, right. I'm a, he, he was active. He was around the ball. He was active. Uh, he's the leader of the defense. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depends on how you feel. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and 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 he was there.
0: I guys, I'm gonna take the easy way out. Uh, my answer is gonna anger everybody. I'm going Justin Burris. He made the most important play that iced the game and sealed the game. Is that fair? Probably not. But hey, man, I think it was the most valuable play. Therefore, he wins my defensive MVP. So there you have it, man. Guys, moving on and segueing into the other major sport going on right now, the NBA Finals. The mighty Los Angeles Lakers are, are finally uh, looking at a 3-2 series. Everybody thought the series would end Friday night, including me, Jimmy Butler, and LeBron James had an absolute war going on in the fourth quarter. Very, very entertaining game, man. But the hot topic is for the week, and y- y'all know what's coming. Does LeBron James, does he does he shoot the ball, or did he make the right play? Kaz, I want you to go first because you had something to say about this before the show.
2: Okay, so let's go back two seasons. Golden State, Cleveland, NBA final. Golden State holds a very small lead in a close game five, pivotal game. Cleveland wins that game. It's serious. Kevin Durant brings the ball up court. Who comes out to face him on the wing? LeBron James. Does what does Kevin, Kevin Durant do?
0: He pulls up, up in his face.
2: His eye. Game over. The season before <laughs> that, same situation. Michael Jordan, game six, Utah Jazz. We all know the shot, the pose. Y'all get where I'm coming at here? When the game is on the line and you have an ISO situation, that's your time to shine. LeBron James shouldn't have taken the shot and the situation he was in because he had like five dudes around him. Yeah, in that situation, you kick out to the open three shooter. But it should have never got to that. LeBron James made up in his mind because he brought the ball up court. He, brought, he was the one that the ball was in his hands. He brought it up court. He brought it all the way up to the three-point line. He had an ISO situation. And he decided to drive the basketball and kick out to the open guy if the double triple team came. And it didn't work. Why wouldn't you? You got an ISO situation. You're LeBron James. You're the best basketball player in the world. Who who can match up ISO one-on-one with LeBron James in the league today? Very, very few people. If if anybody can, I just feel like in that situation, especially you rocking the black Lakers jersey, you rocking the Mamba jersey, you have to take over at the at that time, you have to. I, I would I would rather have LeBron James pull up. By the way, LeBron James was six for nine from three-point land that game. I'd rather LeBron James do his best Kevin Durant impression, pull up on the ISO, drain the three, be up by two with nine seconds left, and go home with the fourth championship. Or miss and then say, hey, you know what? I tried. Because you end up losing anyway, right? You. really want to put the game in Danny Green's hands when you're the one that brings the ball up the court? That's all I'm saying. That's my teammate Smith man.
0: Rodney, what you got, man? Yeah, try to follow that, Rodney. (laughs)
1: Looking at stats, Kazi, you can can be a stats guy. Danny Green is fourth all-time in NBA Finals three-point percentage. Danny Green is wide open LeBron is trying to throw defense to him to get statistically one of the best three-point shooters in Finals history ever. The shot he made the right play. I am not a LeBron fan. I'm defending LeBron on this. I have no problem with what he did. The most egregious thing that happened was Marquise Morris threw that shit out of
0: bounds. <laughs> it seems like people are forgetting that part. But go ahead.
1: Get that part, but 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 other than that. I have no problem with Danny Green taking that shot. Danny Green, is- I, I don't have a problem with LeBron
2: passing to Danny Green because at that point, yeah, he was open and Le- there was like a triple team on LeBron's game. Of course, you're gonna make the better basketball play. I'm just saying it should have never got to the point where LeBron allowed himself to be triple T. You bring the ball up court, but the ball is in your hands because you are the best player on the.
1: Team, I just feel Kaiser, like. Kaiser, at- Kaiser, 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 Listen, let's go back to 1993, the Bulls versus the Suns. Michael was like, "Hey, you're gonna be open, John Paxson." He drove the ball. The guy was guys were coming toward him. kicked it to trusting his teammates. Paxson hit that shot.
0: Hey, Rodney, I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, Let me go, guys. Y'all don't have the time. I got to go now. All right. I'm glad you brought that up, Rodney, about Michael Jordan passing the ball to his teammates. And I think what we're seeing here is, is a difference, maybe in, I don't know, mentality, maybe. Now, here's the key difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. I thoroughly believe if Phil Jackson is not Michael Jordan's coach, Michael Jordan shoots the ball over five people if he want if he if if it came down to it I thoroughly believe that I thoroughly believe that Phil Jackson had the respect of Michael Jordan enough to and, and by the way guys there's a clip out there somewhere maybe it even came on the Last Dance but there's some clip out there where you can see Phil Jackson telling Michael Jordan hey man you might want to look out for Steve Kerr you might want to look out for Sean Paxton. this is Phil Jackson talking okay so again. It's a difference in mentality. Now, LeBron James, I think he had he is wired to, quote-unquote, make the best basketball play. We've seen in the past he had an all-star game where he passed up a shot uh, uh, that could have won the game. That is an all-star game, not a big deal. Yeah. But more so just speaking of the mentality of LeBron James, I just think he is wired to make the right basketball play. Now, Kaza, you make an excellent, excellent point. I don't know why LeBron James drives to the hole, knowing that they're going to pack the lane and make him pass the ball. He has to know that's going to happen, especially considering how hot he was in the fourth quarter. Now, was that by design? Hmm. That that that's a that's a fair question. So you could the, a question you could ask is: Did LeBron ever want to shoot the ball? Did, did he go in? Did he go into that lane thinking to himself, "You know what? I really don't want this shot." I want somebody else to take the pressure off of me. That sounds crazy. To me, it is a fair question. I don't don't,
2: don't think think LeBron James was thinking that. You know, LeBron James is one of the best basketball minds, maybe the best on-court basketball mind we've ever seen. I think that – let's talk about Jordan in 93. One, that was a premeditated thing. They had talked about that in the timeout previously. Hey, you're going to be open. I'm going to kick you the ball. Michael Jordan knew they would come out and defend him on the wing, which they did. That's why they passed it to him. That, that was, they weren't going to let Michael Jordan iso them up on the outside because they knew what was going to happen. They were going to let LeBron James iso from the wing and just either live or die with LeBron taking a shot because LeBron is not a good mid-range shooter. He's actually a better three-point shooter. And he is a mid-range shooter. And either they thought – okay, you know, LeBron James, six for nine, he can't keep this up. We'll just let him Pack score it and then go right on. Or, you know, we'll take our chances with the pull-up, and if he packs in lane, if he drives, then we're just going to clobber him in the lane, which is what they did. And, it, and at that point, you have no choice but to put the game in someone else's hands. And great point about Danny Green. When Danny Green played for the Spurs, that guy, yeah, he was Robert Ori-esque. But that was seven years ago. And, yeah, seven years ago, and Danny Green hasn't shot that well in in a while. I, it's just – You got to trust your teammates, man. You
1: got to now,
0: now Now, that's a question I do have. If this scenario happens again, does LeBron James pass the ball to Danny Green the next time? Absolutely. If,
2: if he drives the lane and they pack the lane and he's got a kick out, then, I mean, he's got no choice to, to kick it out. To Danny Green or J.R. Smith or whoever's out there. But I'm not sure if LeBron does that. I think maybe next time LeBron pulls up and, and does Durant. what Kevin Durant did to him. That's the difference. <laughs> Kevin Durant. You think Kevin Durant was like, okay, I'm going to pass to Steph Curry. You know, who is.
0: Look, and, by, and, I, and I was about to say, he has Clay Thompson and Steph Curry on yeah, his yeah. wings.
2: <laughs> Kevin Durant. I mean, he, so look, he, he he brought the ball up court, saw LeBron James come out uh, on him and thought, I'm going to shoot it in this guy's face. And that's <laughs> what he did. And they won two championships over LeBron James because that, LeBron James is not thinking, I'm going to shoot it in this guy's face. That's, that's the problem I have with that play. He's thinking x's and o's okay all right, if I drive, right. I
0: drive, I drive. which is which is my point again because i i just think he's just wired a certain way and, and i think people have a problem with that but my my thing is he's been this way his whole career he's never been the guy that's like i'm gonna score on your face to win this game now don't get, look let's be fair let's be objective lebron james has game winners he has hit big shots Let's make sure we're fair about this because we don't want LeBron James, LeBron fans, crying to us and whining to us about how we're not being fair. So let's be fair about that. But to Kaz's point, I always think LeBron James more so wants the easiest way to try to get a basket, whether that's an easy shot he can take or a pass he can make. And I don't, so I don't think there in, there is any right or wrong with what LeBron James did. Basically, I think the truth is in the middle somewhere. Basically. Now, now, um, you know, speaking of speaking of this game and speaking of the finals, man. We're all talking about LeBron James. He's always the hot rod topic. But why don't we talk about Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Jimmy Butler was better than LeBron James in the fourth quarter. And LeBron James by no means was bad in the fourth quarter. This was an epic battle that went back to back, man. Why is Jimmy Butler not getting his props, y'all?
1: Have you seen his hair? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, Jimmy. Look, Jimmy took a lot of reputational hits two years ago after he was after he kind of forced his way out of Minnesota, uh, undeservedly so. I mean, he, he got he got the rep of a bad teammate, uh, selfish guy. But but all, all Jimmy all Jimmy wanted to do was challenge his teammates to win, and. Him and Miami was was the perfect marriage. Uh, if, if, even if you go back to the start of the playoffs, uh, me and Danny were like, look, my, we can see Miami going to the finals. You guys are like, really? I'm like, look, Jimmy's different. <laughs> J- Jimmy is different. Jimmy
2: reminds me of Russell Westbrook in that their teams are better when he doesn't have to share being the alpha dog with anybody else. That was the biggest problem. You trying to tell me that Philly team, Shouldn't have been in the NBA Finals.
0: Absolutely, yeah. should
2: have been in the Finals, right? But right. for some reason, it didn't work. Now Jimmy Butler goes to a Heat team that people thought might be a six seed, six seed, a seed, a seed, a, and they might push the Los Angeles Lakers to seven games. But to that point, who else is the alpha dog on that team? Nobody. That's Jimmy Butler's team. That wasn't his team in in, in Minneapolis. That wasn't his team in Philly. I think that was that's the big problem. Now he comes to Miami. He's the leader. His style is infectious. He's got this swag that permeates down to everybody else. They see how hard of a worker he is. They follow his lead. I think that's why Miami is, is a good place uh, for him. I think the worst thing Miami could possibly do, regardless of whether they win the championship or not, is bring another superstar in. That's the worst thing they could do. Well, get-
0: let, let let me say let me say this, Kaiser. I think that is heavily depending on the type of personality you bring in. I I, I truly believe because I don't think Miami turns down um a, uh a, a, an opportunity to bring talent. That because you mean to tell me if Giannis calls Pat Riley like I'm interested? There's no way Pat Riley hangs up the phone. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you know.
2: But but and you're right. But at the same time, it it, it didn't work on more talented teams with Jimmy Butler. I mean, it didn't work in Philly, which was – I mean, that was an insanely talented team. That starting five was like, yo, they are – how are they going to possibly lose, uh, you know, in the playoffs? And they did. Same with Minnesota. Carl, yeah, hey, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. I mean, who do you pair Jimmy Butler with that doesn't upset the apple cart? You, you just uh, have to uh,
0: find, right.
2: find a passive superstar, which – does such a thing exist in the NBA? Essentially, Miami can do well by continuing to develop their talent and let them become star talent under Jimmy Butler. I mean, it got you all the way to the finals. Um, I, I think it's been very far. I
0: am gonna I'm gonna make ai v I'm gonna make a sort of a weird parallel with that. Cause remember how upset we all were when Dave Gettleman let go of T Smith. And it's crazy to say that he let go of Steve Smith for the exact reasons we're talking about, not wanting two alpha dogs in the locker room. And it, you know, needless to say, it kind of worked out for us. So I I, 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 get it, man. But at the same time, I don't know if Giannis uh, <laughs> or whoever, like not just Giannis, but I, I, you know, I don't think that's that's going to start me. Right, right. Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul, George Paul George can work. Paul George could yeah, work.
1: Paul George can work. Yeah, I.
2: I we, we we saw how he is playing with Westbrook and Kawhi. I could see Paul George in Miami.
0: I let me um uh, and look, man. I I everyone is gives this guy props, man. And let me let me also add to this as well, man. Eric poster, man. I he, that, that dude is a savant when it comes to coaching, man. You like I hate the Heat with all my heart and soul, man. But you gotta respect you got to give us respect where respect is due, man. Um, Kendrick Nunn, who has struggled all playoffs, really, man, who has kind of found his way the last two games, um, he, he had 14 points of uh, Friday night, man. So that's a big contribution from him. One thing I like about Eric post is that we can make our own parallel here in Charlotte with James Borrego. I'm going somewhere with this. Bear with me. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Olenek in game three, I believe, or game four, I believe, Played some big minutes. Actually, had a good game. Contributed a, a lot in that game. He didn't even play Friday night. And I like to, f- <laughs> and I'm mentioning that because Eric Forsher does what he needs to do as he sees fit. James Borrego does some of the sim- some similar things here in Charlotte that we see a lot. But yet, some of our fans don't seem to appreciate what James Borrego does for us, man. So, with all that being said, guys. Can the Charlotte Hornets? Can we possibly be a, a Miami Heat in the future? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: but it's a, so Miami is Miami because they've been able to get super superstar talent. You know, back in the nineties, they were able to steal long time running away from us. And then they drafted Wayne Wade, and then Shaq came over. They won a the championship, so they had this championship pedigree. Two years after they win the championship, they get freaking LeBron James, who brings along Chris Bosch from Toronto. So they were able to build this championship pedigree uh, already, and that makes it kind of easier to get talent to come play for you. You don't get Jimmy Butler to come play for you if you didn't have the pedigree that Dwayne Wade and Shaq and LeBron and Chris Bosh had already built. That's the problem in Charlotte. And that you will talk about that j- just a little bit, and then when we talk about what John Sally said about Michael Jordan. But the problem is that it's hard for us to get talent to come play for Charlotte because we don't, haven't even had a little bit of success. Plus, we're not uh, a destination like Miami is. We're Charlotte. We're not South Beach.
0: Yeah, you, you actually not- got to pay taxes. You actually got to pay taxes in North Carolina. So yeah,
2: right. That's always something going to be something that we struggle with. Uh, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, talent standpoint, yeah, we can get guys like Tyler Hero and and Bam. I'm already seeing it. I don't know if our fans don't see it or not, but Mitch has done very, very, very good with or very well with Miles, PJ, and Devontae, and then, you know, the Martin twins. So,
0: yeah. So, Rodney, what you got? Um, what the biggest
1: thing about Miami, man, Destination matters. My, Miami's in Florida, man. Miami is is an international city. Charlotte's a good city, but Charlotte would never be Miami. We have to look at places like Indiana. Indiana has done similar things to Miami as far as as far as uh, building their talent up and, and having homegrown talent and making the right decisions. Miami can't get. I mean, Indiana can't get over that hump because they're in Indiana. It's. It, it, in the NBA, destinations still matter. There's a the reason why LeBron went to LA. There's a the reason why Kawhi went back to LA. Charlotte, if, if Charlotte needs to kind of model themselves after the Spurs, we need we need more continuity. Um, we need. Are, more- we, do, are, are we building con- continuity
0: right now? Do you think we we're doing a good job of that in the moment?
1: Right now, yes. But my thing is, man, Mitch is an older guy, and who replaces Mitch? who is Mitch grooming to take over for him? Good question. And those are critical questions that we have. Like, okay, Mitch has the respect of Michael Jordan. Does the next guy have that same respect? Because if if that next guy does not have the same respect, we're back into the stuff that we were in before.
0: God God help us all if that happens.
1: And so, I mean, Miami's in Miami. Miami has had Pat Riley since the 90s. But my, Miami has been making great decisions since the nineties. It's a culture that we don't have yet. And, uh, it's, based, and it's based on that continuity. Are
0: like, we are, are are we are we starting to build the culture now? Because the, let me before you answer that, I, I asked that question for a reason. Um James Morrego was uh, I forgot who he was doing the interview with, man, but he had some rave reviews about what he's seen very early I know it's early as hell like we haven't even thought about playing games yet but just in the mini camps man James Virgo has been raving about the changing culture he is seeing already now I mean it sounds like a good sign so you know th- does that change your answer any
1: um like I said I mean we can have a good culture in the short short term but I'm looking f- I'm looking more long-term gotcha. Pat, Riley, Pat Riley came into Miami as the head coach and he transitioned his way into to, to leadership GM and, and everything else. What is our succession plan? Like I, what's the end goal? And so, gotcha. and so that that's what I'm more so worried about here.
0: All right. So we got to, we got to wrap this part portion up uh, for that man real quick, y'all predictions for tonight, heat or the Lakers who wins tonight?
1: Lakers
2: I think the heat make it seven I think they lose in game seven but I think they win tonight actually
0: cool man all right guys we don't have a lot of time to get to this topic but uh we we want to talk briefly talk about John Sally in the comments he made regarding Michael Jordan and his new NASCAR venture John Sally says that Michael Jordan will have an easier path to be successful and make more money in NASCAR than he does with the Charlotte Hornets who wants to take this one first
1: i agree i agree i agree um, but, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I
2: disagree uh, it, it only it's only because nascar is very niche it's it's only a united states thing it is the biggest motorsport in the united states but even within the united states it's still a niche sport niche demographic um Motorsports is super, super expensive. You have to dump a lot of money into it just to be even a little bit competitive. And the the problem is that there's not that much revenue that comes back, especially now with COVID, we've seen a decline in all sports, but even NASCAR, um, whereas Michael Jordan bought the Bobcats for anywhere from 30 to 50 million, depending on who you hear from. And now they're worth $2 billion. Michael Jordan himself is worth a billion dollars. Michael Jordan can make money from the Hornets and they're not even a playoff team. So whereas in NASCAR, it's going to be a lot. That's why you see NASCAR teams come and go all the time. Yeah, Michael Jordan is not even, you know, the first black NASCAR owner. We see, we've seen a few black NASCAR owners. They come in they find that it's difficult to win. It's difficult to get that support. Now Michael Jordan does have an advantage that he's Michael Jordan. So there's going to be people There's going to be black people that dip their toe into NASCAR and they're going to gain a few more fans that way. But I love Bubba Wallace and I'll be the first to buy his jacket when it comes out. But he's not an exactly an elite tier driver. It's going to be very, very hard for Michael Jordan to find immediate success in NASCAR. Uh, he's going to it's going to be the same challenges as as the NBA. Now, from a financial standpoint, he'll make he'll continue to make more money in the NBA just because it's the NBA.
0: Now, I, I wanted to say this, man. I am far from the NASCAR expert, and I'm I'm glad, Kaiser, that you are closer to the sport than me. And Rodney are. I will say this, man. I know Michael Jordan has a business manager who, who who basically tells him what's a good investment versus a bad investment. Regardless of what you think about Michael Jordan as an owner, you cannot argue or debate the fact that he has made his money back. Like Kaza just mentioned, yeah. with that being said, it, you know, being being Michael looking at Michael jo- Jordan's track record of of, of making money <laughs> from his initial investments. It looks all good from here, and and that's my non-expert opinion on that, man. Kaiser, like you said, man, you know, it looks like he has to dump a lot of money just to get that back and to be successful. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure he's been advised that he's good to go when it comes to that. So I would just defer to that point, man, quite honestly, man. Now – One thing that concerns me a bit about him, you know, dipping his toes in the NASCAR, and I'm pretty sure it'll go the same. (laughs) I'm almost positive it will go the same way. If Bubba Wallace uh, struggles, doesn't win any races, whatever, you know who the blame is going to go towards (laughs) because people who don't know any better are going to look at low-hanging fruit and look at the most popular guy and just blame him for everything that goes wrong. I'm not sure he cares or not, but I'm sure that's how it's going to go, man. Guys, we have reached the end of the show. Shout outs or shout ats What you got?
1: Uh, I'll go first. Uh, okay, uh, you go, you go. Uh, so I, I want to give a shout out to uh Michael Thomas. Uh he is suspended for Monday night's game. Uh he fought one of his teammates. Uh, he's acting like Steve mm. Smith. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, I just want to give a shout <laughs> out. There. I just want to give a shout out to my family man. Uh, last uh last Saturday my cousin my uh my, my cousin, he uh he jumped in the water to save the life of a 2-year-old child and in the process he lost his life uh Thursday morning. Uh mm-hmm. he was 34 years old. Uh we we we, we kind of grew up together up until probably about middle school whatever. Uh I moved away, he moved away. Uh just kind of lost touch and stuff like that. Um I just wanna I just wanna just kind of say prayers for his six children. He has six children, uh his mother, uh, and I just, just, just kind of pray for them. And uh just, just kind of remember, man, just never never be too busy for family. Uh no doubt. They, they they're your first homies that got you back. Never be never be too busy for your family, man. i always set out time for them, check up on them. Uh that's it.
0: And my condolences to you, bro. Kaiser, what you got, man? Uh,
2: staying on the topic of Maka Jordan, I'm going to give him a shout out as well as the NBA. Uh, he's part of a eight-person uh, NBA foundation board. Uh, they pledge to contribute $300 million to economically empowering Black communities through education and career advancement uh, resources. Um, you know, this is another one of those things that Michael Jordan has always done in silence was criticized for not doing things like this, even though he was doing things like this. So I, you know, this is one of those things now that it's publicized. I think it's a good thing. The NBA has always shown that they're the most progressive of all the professional sports leagues. Uh, You know, this is just another, another good move that they're doing uh, to ensure um, the progression of their main economic fan base they know who their who their main demographic is so uh props to them and props to Michael jordan for, for being a part of that
0: no doubt man um i only have one shout out this week i want to shout out uh vashti from carolina blitz man thank you so much for inviting me to co-host your brand new radio show that will air weekly on espn seven thirty every saturday at 10 30 a.m um, I had the honor of being the first co-host for her new venture, man. Um, it was so much fun, y'all. Y- you know the next time this happens, all three of us got to be there next time, man. It's, it's, it's so much fun, man. Uh, shout out to her with her new venture, man. I wish her nothing but success, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, you will hear me on the radio again. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, hopefully, you'll hear all three of us on the radio someday. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But Again, had a lot of fun, man. Shout out to time Shout out to Carolina Blitz, man. Y'all make sure y'all go follow her on all social media platforms as well, man. Guys, another week in the books. Next week, we'll be back celebrating a Panthers victory over the Chicago Bears. It is fun as always, brothers. Till the next time, y'all. Peace, Peace. out, y'all.